Whoa. Whoa. It's spooky. Ghostbusters. Whoa. Mute. Damn it. Wait, I'll put it back on. <laughs> oh. I don't know if this will come up on the mic. I think if it does. there's something strange in Whoa. this neighborhood, it's unsolicited conjecture. <laughs> Mute. There we go. Yeah. Welcome back to the show, everyone. If you watched our last episode, you will know that we teased the fact that we are going to see the new Ghostbusters Afterlife tonight. Yes. <laughs> Hit it. Yes. Welcome back, everybody, to Unsolicited Conjecture with Josh and Jeremy. As Jeremy said, we're going to see Ghostbusters Afterlife. This movie, I don't know. Uh, if you think, first off, that we're wearing the same clothes as the last episode, uh, no, we're not. But We should have just changed shirts. We could have changed shirts just for that movie magic, but we didn't. <laughs> Uh, we're recording this the same day. This is Wednesday. No, now we gave everyone crucial information and they'll know when we recorded the last episode. We, they already figured it out from the other, we gave them other clues. You are assuming our audience is very intelligent. I am. I, I will not speak down to them. So it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. We are, uh, going we, tomorrow, Thursday. We're going tomorrow, tomorrow to the Alamo to the seven o'clock show. Mm, seven fifteen. Uh, Oh, that's even we better. We will be there early, though, so we um, can record some more footage to go along with this. Yeah, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, this is a long time coming. I have dutifully followed the news about Ghostbusters 3 since the 90s, and every iteration of Ghostbusters 3 that was supposed to happen, from the, the fabled Dan Aykroyd script where the Ghostbusters go to hell was the first one there okay. was going to be a ghostbusters 3 with jonah hill and seth rogan there was going to be one with will ferrell and paul rudd there was going to be all these different versions of ghostbusters 3 will ferrell and paul rudd are in a new apple show they are know. and paul rudd is in ghostbusters 3 yep. um but maybe will ferrell will be a ghost <laughs> maybe <laughs> but anyway long long time lots of rumors because Dan Aykroyd, anytime anyone ever asks him about Ghostbusters 3, he's like, yeah, it's happening. And he's always excited about it. And, and it there's a whole new, every time he talks, there's a whole new round of, of articles written about Ghostbusters 3. It's finally happening. It is finally happening. You know, you mentioned Dan Aykroyd. I read this article where he said that he never watches himself in the movies that he makes. Like he never watches the movies that he's in because he doesn't want to see how he performs and he doesn't want to affect his next performance. Huh? I thought that was pretty interesting. It makes sense. I mean, he's a he's a fairly particular kind of guy. That he is. I've so, seen his crystal skull head vodka. Yeah, yeah, but he's yeah he that's that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. This has been a long, long time waiting for Ghostbusters three. I drive a Ghostbusters Jeep every single day. Yeah, I, I like Ghostbusters. I've always liked Ghostbusters. Josh is on another level. Of My Ghostbusters wife and I fandom. got married on Halloween 2015, and we took pictures with proton packs and ghost traps in our wedding gear. Got to catch them all. Wait, isn't that something else? That's yep. I think it's the <laughs> Japanese Ghostbusters, Ghostymon. Uh, 
So how come the last Ghostbusters wasn't called Ghostbusters 3? What was it actually called? The well, it was, called, it was just called Go- Ghostbusters. And then they added a subtitle called Go- Ghostbusters Answered the Call. Okay. Um, it's not Ghostbusters 3 because it's not in the continuity. It's a reboot. Yeah. So it, it the other movies didn't take place in that universe. So it's not really... Th- it's the third Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. Um, but the really the true third Ghostbusters story with the original cast is, I think, the game. Ghostbusters, uh, the game, it's called. But you just said that in the last Ghostbusters movie, they were walking down the hallway, and there was a bust of Venkman. I mean, uh, Egon. Yeah, yeah. So I there guess was that a, was just... That was a just, reference to Harold Ramis. That, that, that was yeah. just for the fans, and not necessarily... Yeah. Just like you have... Uh, you had um, Ernie Hudson was in there as he owned the funeral parlor at the end oh yeah um they you know and uh bill I forgot Murray, about that of part, course actually. they were they were all in there you know dan Aykroyd was a cab driver and then uh, bill, murray. bill murray had the bigger the bigger role as the 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 ghost debunker i saw bill murray just join the mcu also did he yeah they he like leaked some oh. picture on his instagram in an outfit that's right it's uh ant-man right Ant-Man 3? Uh, I, I don't know, honestly. I don't remember. I just saw the picture. I saw something about, I think it was Ant-Man 3, if I remember. I think he might be in Ant-Man 3. Man, I'm excited about that. I'm, Maybe I'm he's, a big uh, Bill Murray fan. Now we just need Bruce Campbell to join the MCU, and uh, everything will be complete. What if Ash got his own you, MCU character? Okay, you listen to what you're saying. If the when? next movie, I mean, he's the next movie. Bruce Campbell will be joining the MCU. Oh, really? Sam Raimi is directing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh-huh. Sam Raimi puts Bruce Campbell in every single movie he directs. He's I mean it's literally just a matter of time. I'm, he's I'm in excited. all the other really Spider-Man hope this does movies. Happen. No, he yeah, he definitely will be. He I I am more certain of that than than I am that Andrew Garfield and Tommy Maguire will show up in the next yeah. Spider-Man. Bruce Gamble will be in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and it'll probably be fun. All I'm saying is I like Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. It's cool, it's fun, it's quirky and different, but just just give Bruce Campbell his own hero. He deserves he his deserves own it. hero. I he don't know. I'd have to think hero. about that. I don't know who he should. Ju- they should just bring Ash in as his own brand new MCU hero. You want his well, chainsaw I don't know he's hand? Marvel, yeah. Like that that could be his shtick. That's his thing. He's chainsaw hand and he can't die or something. Who and, knows? Well, it's uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know who actually I, I guess well De Laurentiis has the the rights to Army of Darkness. I, I don't know who has the rights to the Evil Dead movies. Marvel has all the money. They can just buy it. <laughs> they well, can just buy it. Just like they did with Spider-Man. Remember Freddy versus Jason that came out like what 20 years ago or yeah, whatever? I don't remember the movie, but I do no. remember it coming out. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But that movie was originally supposed to be Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Oh, really? Yeah. He got cut out of the movie oh, in no, production. That's so sad to but hear. You can look it up. There was there's some stuff out there. Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Maybe it was all uh just a, a rumor. Who knows? It, it sounds like some clickbaity stuff I right think, there. Well, I would clickbait yeah. on it. It was a long time ago, but yeah. Man. It's good. I wish they'd bring back the Evil Dead series. I thought it was good. It was. I really well, enjoyed there's, it. There's a new movie, I think, coming. They're, they're going to be doing more with the property. That's great. I don't think they're doing what Bruce is doing more. I think he might be done with Ash, at least for now. No. Sad day. That speaks so much oh. of my entire <clears throat> childhood. Well, but back to Ghostbusters. Back to Ghostbusters. Uh, my prediction for Ghostbusters 3 is that Ghostbusters is about to become 
the best trilogy of all time. Okay, okay, that's a, those are those are high claims right there. Well, also because most trilogies stop being trilogies. You know, the greatest trilogies of all time were Back to the Future, which is still a trilogy. Yeah. Indiana Jones, which is no longer a trilogy, but, but also the fourth one isn't one of the best movies. And then also Star Wars, which is now three trilogies. Yeah, a, 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 a Quinn, Quinn trilogy? Tri trilogy. Tri trilogy? Tri trilogy. Tri trilogy. Yes. That's like B batteries. That's why they don't yeah. use it. B batteries? It's tri trilogy. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, but yeah, I think Ghostbusters is about to take that take that role see i would love to believe that but you know we all also know how typical it is for them to rebring back or reboot something that was very popular a long time ago and bring out the next rendition of it and it's absolutely horrible and i'll go ahead and mention bill and ted in this example like you didn't like it i didn't man oh, I, I just thought it, it was it, i thought it was I don't know. I thought it was too. It would be like if they brought like Happy Gilmore back right now. Like See, Happy that Gilmore doesn't work. Uh, Vanessa and I tried to watch Hubie Halloween. Oh, I we tried got to watch 30 it. Thirty seconds in, uh -huh. and I had to turn it off. I it also, was so I was yeah. cringing so hard. I I could not. I couldn't do it. And I tried. Well, I tried to watch it because I loved Bill and Ted. I love Keanu. I understand your. Like, I understand your your, your trepidation with uh -huh. Ghostbusters, but it is it is not. It is unfounded. Factual. Because what we're talking about here is the son of the original director. Ivan Reitman directed Ghostbusters 1 and 2. Jason Reitman was a kid on set when the first Ghostbusters was being made. Uh -huh. He is the original Ghostbusters fan. He was a fanboy <laughs> before, before anyone movie. else had seen it. Yeah. yeah. He is the the one true Ghostbusters fan in, in that sense. Yeah. He, it affected him first and most. And if you look at the type of movies he makes, he makes really smart, like heartfelt, like self, not necessarily self-aware, but he's very aware of his story choices. No, for sure. In, those, for sure. in his movies. And with this, it's going to be about loss. It's going to be about a family coming back together. It's going to be about you know finding your 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 destiny in a sense or and by learning about your past they're like you know it's gonna be these kids who probably didn't know their grandpa much because he was kind of crazy and i'm sure something happened that the or they knew him at all it kind of seems like they didn't know him at all yeah i think this is gonna be a really really solid entry i don't know if you saw who was it uh Hugh Jackman was just all over. His, I did see that his, actually. Yeah, uh -huh. his Twitter, uh -huh. telling everybody this movie pays off in every way possible. But I think and, it'll be a great movie. But when you look at the three set up together as a trilogy, how much different the first two are going to be compared to the third one? I don't know. We'll see. We'll I, see. I, I I'm think, just saying. I think they're you know, the be... first two. There isn't very. It is. It doesn't have that same heartfelt progression of story feeling to it you know what i mean it's no it's more... gonna get real yeah it's gonna get yeah. real with this one and i think that's good i think it's I oh think... i'm not saying it's a bad thing at yeah. all i'm just saying when you look at the the three together as said quote unquote trilogy well sure it's not going to be the same as star wars or back to the future which were designed to be three movies yes in that sense exactly. tell a cohesive story what this is going to do is take an awesome first movie and I love Ghostbusters too, but I saw it in the theater when I was six. So I love Ghostbusters too. Well, I and to always be fair, will, we're I understand it why it's not as three, but they call it Ghostbusters Afterlife. What? 
I said, we're calling it Ghostbusters 3, but isn't the movie actually titled Ghostbusters Afterlife? Oh, yeah, sure. But it's the third third movie in the continuity. Correct, correct. So, yeah, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, Like I said, the other one was going to be Ghostbusters Go to Hell. Afterlife, I think, is a good title. And I've been waiting for Ghostbusters 3 for so long, and (laughs) now it's finally happening. And I was really sad when Harold Ramis died because I knew that they wouldn't ever really be able to do the iconic like ghostbusters yeah, yeah, 3 exactly that's what i'm talking about in particular. yeah it's not going to be it's yeah. not going to be the same but but it could be better is, yeah and honestly the thing that we want can't happen so yeah well and you know it a, makes sense since it's such an old movie you know they're really trying to gather that older audience that were connected to the first two films. So to make it more of that, like heart warmth, like growth story. As yeah, you talked it's going to be about, it's going to be a real story about probably a very real feeling family who finds out that they're the descendants of, of ghostbusters. And when shit goes down, somebody's got to deal with it. What would you That's, do if all of a sudden you found out you were descendants of actual ghostbusters? I, I mean, I'd feel vindicated in most of my life choices. What do you mean? <laughs> I would bust ghosts. Uh, that's what I would do. I would absolutely bust ghosts. But yeah, so we don't need to talk too much about it. But Ghostbusters Afterlife, big time movie. We're excited to see it. We're very excited to see it. And we're going to let you know our thoughts in the future. But that's not our problem. That's future us's problem. That's accurate. We like to pawn stuff off on them. Yeah, they they have to do all the editing. They have to. It's they have a lot of work to do. Wait, hold on. Okay, I'm getting something. Uh, it seems we're ready. Uh, future Josh. Uh, and future Jeremy. Uh, can you hear us? Are you there? All right. Well, take it away. So as you can see, this is not the Alamo Draft House. We did not stay and record. After we watched the movie. Because frankly, the movie uh, was a little much. It got a little intense. It was that neither of us were in a good headspace in order to really talk about it. No, for sure. I mean, we sat around and debated it for a little while outside of the theater, but nothing worth the like record. Yeah, Yeah, it wouldn't have been coherent. It wouldn't have been good. But that's why we're here now. In the words of the poet, Robert Brown, too hot to handle, too cold to hold. We call the Ghostbusters and they're in control. Had them throwing a party for a bunch of children, when all the while the slime was under the building. (laughs) That's Bobby Brown. That's from Ghostbusters 2. But Ghostbusters Afterlife, is it too hot to handle or too cold to hold? Uh, Is it both of those things? I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Ghostbusters 3, maybe not, but I also enjoyed it thoroughly. Pleasant Ghostbusters movie, for sure. Yes, I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. I thought it was absolutely wonderful. I loved all the choices they made, but I, I love the story of the making of this movie almost as much. To me, it's just as important as the movie itself. No, no, I feel you. We talked about that earlier in the episode, so... So all this and more tonight on... on <laughs> Unsolicited Conjecture! We're back after some technical difficulties. Yeah, ghosts trying to stop us. Understandably, we were about to talk about them. 
I don't know where I was going with that. Not them. But Ghostbusters Afterlife in theaters now. Jeremy, what were you expecting going into this movie? I think I was expecting exactly what they delivered on, honestly. Like, everything I'd seen up to point was talking about how emotional and it would, like, tie at the heartstrings a little bit. And I think it gave you a little bit of everything. They didn't go above board with the graphics. Like, it wasn't hardcore graphically induced and well, that's something were, that i enjoyed there was only two ghosts really right yeah you know, we, we didn't see many well there's a few there's a little montage well and we when didn't they're see playing with the blasters busting. and everything you know there, there was graphics there but generally speaking like wherever they could they went with real life style animation on scene yeah and lots of practical or animatronics effects. practical effects the there's practical the word sets. i was looking for yeah the the gozer uh the the gozer temple by the way yeah spoilers for Ghostbusters Afterlife, for this whole thing. Yeah, we are basically spoiling everything. Yeah, if you haven't we're going to discuss it, it. Yeah, if you haven't watched it, then go watch it before seeing this. And if you just want to hear people talk how amazing this movie is, then continue listening. Go watch it. Yeah, if go you want, do it. If you want more shade and hate, there's plenty of that going around for no reason. Yeah, we'll get to that. We're going to talk about the critical re uh, response to this movie as well as we go. But um, as you alluded to earlier... Um, I I really had to do some research and and get some things straight in my head to be able to properly review this movie because for myself and I know for as well as you we we've been waiting for this movie for like 30 years. I've been a diehard Ghostbusters fan since I was a kid. My first memory is seeing Ghostbusters 2 in the theaters. Not my first memory, but my first movie memory. I would have been six. I, we're, but we're, you know, the the ones who drank the Ecto Cooler. For we, sure. We have been the, <laughs> the keepers of the Ghostbusters flame for this three decades that movies have not been happening. And we've been teased by Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray <laughs> talking about it happening and not happening and different people they're casting and not casting. Ghostbusters 3 itself has become this palimpsest of rumors and and false starts and development hell. It's almost interesting that one of the first concepts that Dan Aykroyd pitched was this Ghostbusters hellbent, where go, the Ghostbusters go to hell because the movie stayed in production hell for three decades. <laughs> but the movie we got, this Ghostbusters Afterlife, it's a movie about families. You know, sure. I think it was very family. time appropriate too. And even beyond just the Spengler family that the movie deals with, there's the Reitman family, there's the Ramus family, there's the Ghostbusters family, the Ghostbusters themselves, their relationships, and then there's the Ghost heads, the Ghostbusters fans. For all these years, all of these families that were strained or fractured, the one that was least strained, of course, being the Reitmans, but Jason Reitman who is an Academy Award-nominated director for Up in the Air and for Juno. This guy makes good movies. Yeah. And he has said over and over and over again in his life that he will never make a Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> that was his dad's thing. And when your dad is Ivan Reitman, it must be difficult to, like, separate yourself from all of that, you know? For sure. So to see that guy... Like, really refuse the call for all of those years. It's understandable. Their and, styles were so different. And they are. But then he had an idea that he knew was going to work. Yeah. And then reading, like, uh, Violet Ramis Steele's book 
um, the, the Ghostbusters daughter and her relationship with her dad. And after Harold died, here's the thing. After Harold died, Ghostbusters three could not happen. Yeah. You can't correct. do Ghostbusters three without Egon and you can't write a Ghostbusters movie really without Harold Ramis. And you definitely because, can't replace him. No, he wrote the first two movies and he wrote them obviously with Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. But, what do we know about Dan Aykroyd's writing? It is not exactly relatable. <laughs> it was the very first script for Ghostbusters is like a 200 page treatment that takes it's it's in more different universes than like Avengers Endgame. It is all over the place. It takes place in the future. They're in space. Well, I, the, the Ghostbusters, <laughs> it's incredibly dense and like unapproachable. Harold Ramis, he took those ideas from dan Aykroyd and made them into the really relatable likable movie that everyone relates to and likes like yeah, he took he his is, cluster of ideas and refined it into something that anyone could enjoy and relate to absolutely so what we're seeing is that you know egon the probably least approachable ghostbuster he was really like the heart of that whole franchise yeah. because of the way he was able to you know make it Make these, and it's not just Ghostbusters. I mean, you look at Harold Ra or Harold Ramis's list of like credits, and he's written and directed some of the greatest <laughs> movies like of a generation. So when you're talking, I mean, the Ghostbusters and Caddyshack and uh, um, National Lampoon's Vacation, like these movies, and, and yeah, he defined that shtick genre really of did. movie that he was really so did. popular and for Groundhog those 10 Day. years. Groundhog yeah. Day is a genre now. Yeah. And it's all because of the movie <laughs> that he wrote. It's his own genre. You can't make a Ghostbusters 3 without Harold Ramis. And Ghostbusters 3 has been a thing in the minds of fans for three decades. It has been, it is a, 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 a class five, non-human, free-floating, repeating phantasm. This whole time to compete with that sort of like lead up, you'd think that you're just going to be shooting yourself in the foot, no matter what kind of movie you make <laughs> when you have all of that. This is a list of individuals who over the past 30 years have been associated or rumored to be part of Ghostbusters 3. Bro. Chris Farley, Will Smith, Chris Rock, Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson, Jack Black, Michael Sarah, Alyssa Milano, Eliza Dushku, Matthew Gray Goobler, Kristen Bell, Jonah Hill. I'm doing like the, the SNL voice. <laughs> Kristen Bell, Jonah Hill, Sarah Paxton, Emma Stone, Kristen Wiig, Linda Cardellini, Melissa McCarthy, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Jason Statham, Bill Hader, Anna Faris, Will Forte, Steve Carell, Adam Pally. Charlie Day, Jesse Eisenberg, Brie Larson, Anne Hathaway, Zach Galifianakis, Rebel Wilson, Aubrey Plaza, Aziz Ansari, Channing Tatum, and Chris Pratt. That's a lot. That's 34 <laughs> people. And for those of you who have seen our previous episodes, anyone pay attention to that last name he said. Oh, yeah. Chris he was Pratt. almost a ghost. Yeah, he yeah. was almost a ghost. He's everywhere. He's everything. With Channing Tatum. <laughs> they were going, and they were going to be part of the Paul Feig reboot universe. Uh -huh. There are going to be other Ghostbusters in that same universe. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Not something we got. But what we did get was a very small, intimate movie about the Spengler family and really about a broken family and restoring the restoring that, you know, it was it was beautiful. The whole thing was beautiful. It was touching. It was a, a great, it was a great movie. One of the things I, I actually really enjoyed about it is that like, 
realistically, even if you are someone who was younger today and had never seen any Ghostbusters movie before, you didn't need any backstory. Like yeah. there was nothing, there was no knowledge that you needed before sitting down in that seat to enjoy that movie as a whole. Yeah. And it's what's well, a story that takes place. It's not from the Ghostbusters perspective. Yeah. It's a story about a family and there happens to be ghost busting in it yeah. less than it's a story about ghost busters. Sure. Yeah. Like no, it's more I agree like with the that. franchise line running through. And that's totally yeah. cool because once again, they, they advertised it as such. They never, they were never like, this is going to be Ghostbusters 2. Look at this slapstick comedy that we're throwing yeah. in the trailer. Yeah. They were always like, from day one, the trailer was hardcore. This is going to be an emotional ride. And it's obviously going to be about this young child. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, McKenna Grace, who plays Amazing. Phoebe, she carried that movie. Amazing. She and she podcast. really did. Podcast. Me, <laughs> me and my good. wife talked about him right after the movie. We thought he was a great cast in there. He was funny. Like he was good comic relief. He was uh, awesome. But she was amazing she for sure absolutely carried that film and she channeled egon in very surprising ways sometimes yeah. like just her first introduction yeah. was enough yeah it was great and it, it really told the story of a family that was you know on the edge much like the ghostbusters were at the beginning of the first movie uh -huh. there's a lot of parallels i wasn't necessarily expecting this movie to parallel the the original in such sort of a stringent format like yeah, i love them watching the commercials that was yeah. i love oh, that sure. part of it in particular yeah no that was really cool doing the research and finding out about the ghostbusters yeah um so let's go through a couple of the things that uh that people have have kind of some maybe questions about the movie number one is the very beginning of the movie we see the death of egon spengler and this was like a really really good well shot scene i mean oh man i talked about it so much right after we watched it i love it there was this whole build-off of of anonymity throughout the whole thing like you knew exactly who it was without ever seeing who it was like especially that scene where he kind of slowly steps back behind the pillar as he's about to throw the switch mm -hmm. like that was my favorite like shot of that whole sequence because i thought they just they pulled it off very well very classy yeah and it had almost a very like spielbergy kind of yeah feel exactly Exactly. You know, which a lot of the movie does, yeah. to be fair, because there's some E.T., there's there's some Goonies. This film shares some DNA with those kid adventures because it turns Ghostbusters into a kid adventure. Yeah, well, that's what the movie really is. Yeah. Kid adventure. It's all about the, the granddaughter. Yeah, absolutely. So we see Egon die. And one thing that's come up that some people have been, you know, arguing about. We see in one of the trailers the PKE meter and the, the little antennas flipping up and it turns into like a PKE taser yep, yep. with a little, you know, uh, proton beam. Yeah, I thought that was strange because I'd never seen that before. I didn't really catch it on the first watch through because obviously Egon has a plan. Egon is trying to stop something yeah, and it doesn't work. It, do it doesn't work. And we all know that Egon's going to have a backup plan. But what it looks like, especially on the second viewing, and once I heard people talking about it, it kind of seems like maybe Egon actually sacrifices himself. Because we know that when the terror dogs, like, possess someone, it controls them and controls their actions. So in order to stop himself from being possessed, he may have actually 
shocked himself to stop his heart as opposed to just have a heart attack, like they said. But that also makes sense because maybe he knew that would ensure him becoming a ghost so he could continue to to help out what'd you get what'd you get with three steps forward kind of stuff you know i i didn't read that deeply into that scene honestly i was just (laughs) as we just mentioned i was amazed by the the scenes leading up to that scene so much and then i noticed it happened but i thought it was like that i i didn't understand what was going on because i thought well, you know, I thought he was about to be possessed by it because that's the typical rhetoric that goes along with it. And then he just died and it hits the floor. So yeah. I'm like, did the ghost just kill him? Because I haven't really seen ghosts do that yet. Like, that's not their jam. Yeah, we haven't seen much like ghost murder. Yeah, I exactly. Guess, so I was busters. confused by it, but I was still just thinking about the scenes before that, honestly, that yeah. I didn't have enough time to wrap my head around it. Well, I, and since you've I, seen don't, it twice, I don't hold you hold that against you at all because on your first watch through of this movie it was such a crazy like emotional for sure like it it started to feel like i i had to i I wasn't keeping up necessarily with every single thing that was happening because i was enjoying (laughs) so much i mean we know that obviously egon left the other ghostbusters because Either they didn't believe him about what he thought was happening. That's what or... it seemed like to me. Like he was trying to tell everyone that this. So he sacrificed that. He yeah. left them behind. He left his family behind. There's a lot of sacri- self-sacrifice in that in For order to, to do this. So if he did kill himself, that's just more sacrifice. It's the same thing. You know, it doesn't, I don't think it necessarily changes anything. I think, but it's, I think it's, it's the only thing that makes sense. Well, it's a dark idea. And I don't think that such a dark idea fits into Ghostbusters one or two, but this movie is something different. Like I don't want to classify it as Ghostbusters three because I don't feel like that's what it is. It's, it's very different. Like I said, it's, it's more of an emotional movie than it is uh, a comedy by any means. Like there's comedy in it, but it's very genuine. Yeah, exactly. It's very different than the first two. But like I said, I feel like that, that dark, theory could fit in really well in this universe because there are plenty of dark things going on here that wouldn't have happened in the initial two sure well ghostbusters has always dealt with some dark stuff too like gozer is very much like a lovecraftian kind (laughs) of nightmare yeah you know you have your your cult of worshipers you have your evo shandor and you know there's a lot of always did it in this kind of comical way sure well it's introducing those type of like high concept horror with modern 80s comedy sensibilities so it's merging those two universes and seeing what happens when you know funny people have to deal with this in much the same way as like Abbott and Costello meet Dracula. Like that was, or me Frankenstein. That was the you well, know, army of darkness. Well, yeah, that's later, obviously. But yeah, and so that Ghostbusters is inspired by those movies, yeah. you know, horror comedy. So to do a big budget horror comedy with amazing special effects. And it feels like right now we're getting into like what makes the original Ghostbusters really good. <laughs> but that's okay. <clears throat> yeah. And there's so many things and there, anybody could talk for hours about the original Ghostbusters and everybody describes it as lightning in a bottle. And it was, you know, the perfect movie at the perfect time with the perfect cast yep. and the perfect execution and the right people work in special effects and everything just ha- worked perfectly with this movie. And, you know, I saw an interview with Bill Murray the other day where he was saying like, at one point during the filming, he saw some dailies and he saw like some of the previs like special effects 
and he realized like oh wow this is gonna be huge uh-huh. he knew it was gonna be huge right then there's there's something really magical about that that they could know that they were just making an iconic film yeah but there's so much in it with from the score the original elmer bernstein score to the soundtrack and well, some of these like iconic ghostbusters songs that you don't really get any of well you get some but you don't get that same sort no, of soundtrack feeling uh-uh. but the soundtrack was amazing sure i love the soundtrack but once again like we discussed it right after i was like i cannot believe the first time the lights came on the car that the theme song didn't come on with i was expecting it and they just didn't drop and i was like they that, saved that's it. either a smart move or it just pissed me off a lot yeah they really they saved Probably the theme a little bit for the end they really just you you got to hang out in that elmer bernstein kind of world the whole time yeah no. so much and the music was so well done because obviously Elmer Bernstein wrote an incredible score for the first movie and the way that they adapted it and played with it. And it was the whole thing was familiar, yet still unique oh, and man. really well done. The introduction of just the the girlfriend character, Lucky, was that her name? Lucky? Yeah, yeah, there yeah. we go, man. That scene right there. That's again, they were using that that he's real good at this showing other characters or showing things and still remaining everything anonymous like the way the cowboy was blocked off by the steering wheel and the hat but he was looking at her and she was looking at the camera like everything was just directed at her in a very non-descript way like you know what i mean everything was pointing her direction without it being obvious like all these nuanced factors that went into just this one beautiful shot oh yeah it's like it it the cinematography was really well done. It was. And it it smokes the cinematography and the other ghost. Oh, yeah, films, of course. Obviously. Definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. But I don't think Ivan Reitman would have a problem with that either. No. You know, I really it's a different style of movie. To be fair, my the only gripe I really have with the whole movie is that, you know, I kind of feel like the brother and the girlfriend Lucky, they were kind of like throwaway characters. I feel like there wasn't much development sure. there. Like well, and I think when you look at a movie like this, you know that Sony probably wanted to keep it right around two hours. Yeah. I don't think they wanted a two and a half or three hour Ghostbusters movie. For sure. They didn't so want what we wanted. What this movie is really an exercise in keeping only what's essential. Yeah. About the, and not wasting time on things that aren't really essential. Because think about like there's been a lot of people talking about, like, oh, Ghostbusters 2 must not be canon because the car didn't have the ecto 1a you know ghost with the two fingers up uh-huh. and that like and i mean they people have asked ivan right or jason reitman about that and he's like yeah there was an idea about that we didn't use it in this film but it doesn't matter for the story yeah exactly it doesn't matter like this so, is just this is this is deep fan theory sure and who was who was uh carrie coon's uh mom who like who, yeah who had a kid with egon and also if you look at the timeline I'm pretty sure that Egon had a family and a daughter during Ghostbusters 2. We just didn't know anything about it. Yeah, they it. never talk about it. Yeah. They, their, their person, Bill Murray is the only personal life delved into. Exactly. For the whole time. And that, and that makes sense because he is like, as uh, Dan Aykroyd said, the greatest like comedian uh, or, or comedic uh, frontman for uh, a movie. For sure. Anyone like, will go see anything with yeah, Bill Murray in is, it. Yeah, leading man rather. So yeah, he's he's an incredible talent, obviously. You have so much talent just in this one movie. You have all these like iconic like comedy legends coming together to make something that just 
completely, you know, caught everybody off guard and it it spun off into 140 episodes of, you know, a cartoon show, The Real Ghostbusters, which is a great show. Though most of those episodes were like story edited by J. Michael Straczynski, who's a very famous modern day comic book author, wrote some of the coolest stuff in like Thor and I comic book fans, you know more than me about what J. Michael Straczynski has done, but he's written some really good stuff. So you, so you go from that and then to Ghostbusters 2, where you have all the same people coming back together, but a much bigger budget, a lot more, you know, effects driven. And like, as Bill Murray has said, like they didn't have as much freedom to play because yeah. the effects controlled so much. The movie comes out in 89 and then like two weeks later, Tim Burton's Batman came out. Ghostbusters 2 was competing with Batman in the theaters. That's that's a hard that's that's difficult for yep, anybody for sure to compete with. It underperformed no more Ghostbusters franchise from that point. And obviously there were some hurt feelings and some frustrations on Bill Murray's side. There's a lot, you know, there's a whole 30 years worth of <laughs> rumors and conversations <laughs> and you can go through all, some of these concepts are crazy. Well, this is some of the problem with all this like fan theory. And when it takes so long for a franchise to reopen its doors, it's like, no matter what happens, someone is going to be upset about the way it turned out because oh, sure. they their theory led in a different way because it's personal because just like with any art form just like with re, with books or with painting so you know so much of the interpretation is done internally for sure so much of the even obviously with movies they give you visuals whereas a book you have to create it in your head you're so much of it is personal and so many people have such a personal relationship with this franchise that how could you not but also I mean why is that it was the Reagan years, so like it was <laughs> like they they were making thirty minute toy commercials and calling them Saturday morning cartoon shows. Yep, like yep. we were being marketed <laughs> to. There was a massive marketing campaign for Ghostbusters. It has an incredibly iconic logo. It has one of the best theme songs of all time that is arguably more famous toys. than the movie. Great toys, toys. fun subject matter. <laughs> And like I said, a huge marketing campaign with some really famous, like popular actors. So there's a lot going for it for Ghostbusters and for brainwashing all of us into loving it as much as we do. <laughs> That's but an I, accurate honestly, description of but, what they did. They totally brainwashed. But I'm kids. fine with it. I recognize it. And I still I still stand by my love of Ghostbusters. I'm I'm OK with having been brainwashed as a child. <laughs> It didn't cost me. I mean, it's definitely cost me money. Yeah, lots of money. Yeah. The 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 attachment to material possessions. Yes. That's that's the part I'm not happy about. Yeah. The Ghostbusters I'm cool with. Starting all the way back in 1994, we're talking Dan Aykroyd talking to WWOR Channel 9 News out of Secaucus, New Jersey, and he had an idea for a new movie. He just had to get the team back together. And then 95, 96, 98, 80. I, this is not even a comprehensive list, but I have put together this all this history of the Ghostbusters three that never was. And there's rumors all over the place for all different directors and writers. And Sony was hiring writers and they wrote so many scripts. They never went anywhere. There was one by uh, Lee Eisenberg and Gene Stepnitsky, the writers from the office. They did a take. There was the one, the guy who did uh, mission impossible five wrote a script. There's all these scripts they're paying for. No, none of them ever went anywhere. 
And sometimes, you know, public fights between Ackroyd and Sony, and sometimes, you know, Dan is saying one thing, and then they ask Bill Murray about it, and he shoots it all down. It is a really tumultuous history yeah. for this movie, and a lot of buildup. And then, 2009, the video game came out, and they got all the, uh, all the main actors back. That's a really fun game, and it's a cool story. It also has to do with uh, Gozer. The Return of Gozer and Evo Shandor. So it's obviously, it doesn't work with the movie canon. Yeah. The game's not canon. It's, still, it's still fun to play. That's it's still a, a fun game. Because, I mean, the Extreme Ghostbusters isn't canon either. <laughs> now, well, here's good. Apparently, Egon was not, you know, he didn't have a ponytail and was training a new group of Ghostbusters in the 90s. That didn't happen in this universe. But the thing about Ghostbusters is it's been multidimensional since the very first movie. So there are different universes of Ghostbusters. Uh, why does why is everyone so obsessed with canon ideas? Want, this is all fictional. Like everyone sure. knows this is it is fiction. So what's it matter if it's canon when canon is just made up? I think because that's what separates it from just pure fiction and and makes it part of like a universe. Because people want to have this universe that they feel like they can inhabit and live in. To an extent, you know, yeah. so knowing what the rules are, I understand to an extent because obviously this is a big thing in Star Wars, too. No, I know it's it's in all popular fandoms. It's it. Everyone talks about canon and I'm I'm a part of a lot of fandoms. I love science fiction and anything creative and out of the mind, but I'm not so obsessed with this idea of canon. Yeah. Like, I'm not obsessed with the idea of, oh, it has to be this way or nothing before and nothing sure. after. Like, especially when it comes to small what I'm going to call insignificant details, just as the, he's not holding up the two fingers. Like that is the yeah. most insignificant piece of information to obsess over. Sure. No, of course. It's just, I really think it's just because the more, you know, of an affinity you feel towards a property you want to, it, it feels more real and more realistic if there is like an established history. So For I think sure. people want to know what they want to be able to be right. <laughs> about those things and that's what a lot of it is that's what it sounds like to me also yeah. but with something like ghostbusters canon i don't think canon is necessarily as important even yeah. as it is with star wars but you see what's happening in star wars half of the stuff that comes at the games and the books yeah they're never canon yeah that's my point <laughs> it's like so all these things they can still be great things on their own like don't get me wrong the ability to have a timeline to look back at and storyline that you feel you can be a part of is cool. And I understand that aspect of it, but like, I, I just feel like it doesn't have to be that serious. No, like this is a world, this is a world you're trying to go to and, and have it outside of your own. So like, it doesn't have to be that serious. Well, it's also a, a world though, that has its own like intrinsic logic and rules. How do ghosts work? Like these are the kind of things that you want to know to be able to, like I said, fully like inhabit that world so yeah history and how how these things go like this movie not to mention what's coming next we don't know a lot of these questions could be answered in future things but this yeah. movie i'll just say it now we're gonna skip to this part ghostbusters afterlife is not ghostbusters 3 that was gonna be my next question for you if you thought it was ghostbusters 3 i don't think it's ghostbusters 3 but I do think with this movie, Jason Reitman has busted the ghost 
that is Ghostbusters 3. Because <laughs> it's never meta, happening. In a meta ghost busting, <laughs> he busted the ghost that Ghostbusters 3 has been and has loomed over the franchise for three decades. And like I said, you can't make Ghostbusters without Harold Ramis. This movie had to. This is not a, just a Ghostbusters 3 movie. This is like a, it's, it's a memorial service. Yeah, for, for sure. For both Harold Ramis and for Egon Spengler. Two essential parts of both the in-universe and production. Because he wrote the movies. But there was, I do feel like there was, just on a personal level, I feel like there was a little too much Ghost Egon at the end. Oh. Well, yeah. yeah. That's another thing we'll have to talk about that. I mean, obviously we've seen characters be resurrected in other movies yep. now. We've seen mm -hmm. uh, Carrie Fisher and we saw Grand Moff Tarkin. Star Wars does it a lot, apparently. They love bringing people back to life. We saw it was in the, the Fast and the Furious. They did one where they brought... Uh, Bro, what's his name? Back? Paul Walker, really? Uh, J Jeremy Fast. What was his name? <laughs> Paul Walker. Wasn't that his name? Is that his Kevin name? Furious. <laughs> yeah, Paul Walker. It's all family here. I don't know. I don't know the. I don't know the Get Fast here, and Furious movies that well. Um, I couldn't tell. I personally, yes, I was not expecting to see Ghost Egon. I was expecting to see the influence of Ghost Egon like we did for 90% of the movie. That was incredible. I but love the way they handled that. At the end, when when Phoebe is pointing the, the proton thrower at Gozer and firing, and you see the hand, the blue hand, that's come all and I thought steady we were her get. hand. Oh, and, and then to see, like, one of my favorite parts then is then when she... She's standing next to the three original Ghostbusters, and Winston does a double take and looks over, and then like hey guys. Peter, who those reactions like the the original guys were not on screen for very long, but the amount it was so incredibly effective, dude. And Winston looks fresh. He oh he yeah. looks so good, man. He At does. the end in particular, the extra extra scene. Yeah. Oh man, he's. But, Oh, yeah, Spiffy. absolutely. Well, and that's really nice because it lends to the thinking that, well, he looks like he's going to be the, the future of Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be the Charlie. Yeah, he can and have his Ghostbusting angels. Sure, sure. For and lack also, of a better term. Or maybe Ghostbusters Academy. No, that there's, could be cool. You know, uh -huh. there's a look, Ghostbusters Incorporated for sure. You know, hit start hitting different cities. So there's so much potential for where it can go. Yeah, but they definitely back, left it open. Back to Ghost Egon real quick. Um. I was very surprised that they did it. I was incredibly happy with how good it looked. I was I happy thought, with how good it looked. I just thought it was too much of it. Too much of a good thing it was is bad. A, it was, he was there you know for I mean? a little while. Yeah, it was, it was um, like a whole, like, it was like eight, ten minutes maybe of him at the end. He was, yeah, he was and there. I, I, I mean, think it, it should have been a little lot. less. That's all I'm saying. It yeah. would have played better if it was a little less. I thought, I, like I said, I, have, I was happy with how it played, personally. <laughs> I, like, it's one of those things where I, I can't give too many notes on it. But once it again, like, so we're talking well. about the most nitpickiest yeah, things. Yeah, absolutely. But the thing I really liked about it, because obviously there's people who think that you shouldn't be resurrecting any actors, you know, to participate in movies yeah. once they die. Um, but the but thing we about still this, listen to musicians' music after they die. No, sure. And you don't necessarily want... But they don't make new music. Tupac did. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe he's not really dead. You remember that? After he died oh, and yeah. Bob released that stuff? Yeah. yeah. Well, there we go. Th there you go. Yeah, exactly. He's living on the island with Elvis still. Yeah, Elvis is still with, alive. With JFK Jr. It, obviously. He's, he's coming back with QAnon. Um, 
Somebody's got to be president. I was really happy with the fact that uh, they didn't make Ghost Egon look like Harold Ramis when he died. Yeah, no. And this is something else. So I read an interview where they talked to Violet Ramis Steele, his daughter, and she said that she was involved at every single phase of development of the Ghost Egon and what he would look like. And the fact that they made him like skinny and they gave him the the like sort of shaggier beard and she said that Harold would have loved that. Yeah. <laughs> because he she described him as being more like a Santa Claus figure when he died. As Who doesn't to, want to be slimmed up in the camera? Yeah. But the fact that they made it Egon and they made it the character and it was Harold looking his best. Yeah, when realistically they could have yeah, just they, made yeah. what he actually to, looked like. And they didn't try to use any footage of his face or anything like that. Like, they did such a tasteful They also job, didn't use I his thought. voice, which I did appreciate. No yeah. voice, even though other ghosts make noise. Yeah. He didn't make any noise. Though, I did think it was weird. Like, maybe he's a spirit and not a ghost because when all the traps open up, he doesn't get sucked into a trap. We did. Maybe. I think it was just because he was on the right side of the, the proton beams, I think. Maybe. There's some magnetic thing. I did wonder that. Like, is he going to get pulled in? Well, maybe he was a spirit and not a ghost. Maybe there's different to, things. We don't have to make Egon sacrifice himself twice in one movie. No. <laughs> it would have been better, though. He got, to, he got to say goodbye to his daughter and his granddaughter and everything. That was the only thing I didn't find. Well, actually, I lied. There was one other scene that... I didn't find very cohesive with the rest of the movie. And it was whenever they're leaving the jail and the sheriff says something to Phoebe and she like, she grabbed the proton. Yeah, like she's going to shoot him. And I was yeah. just like, this is so out of character. Cause just right before that, she got done talking to podcast about how in situations like that, she actually gets more calm. Yeah. Well, it shows that, you know, She's not as in control, maybe as Egon. Yeah, like I said, I just I thought it was it was very it was it was out of place. It was an emotional outburst, which you don't see much of from her in that movie. Yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting little section. But I I also thought it was a weird emotional outburst. Like like that'd be the same as like her taking the sheriff's gun and pointing it. Very much so. Yeah. Well, the sheriff grabbed. Did he draw his weapon or just put his hand? I think he just put his hand on his weapon. I mean, yeah. No, it is. It's pointing a weapon at a person. It's 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 extreme. But also, the guy was calling her a liar, and taking away like she knew how important this was, and she doesn't seem like the necessarily the type of person who's great at like taking no for an answer from people people in authority who know less than her for sure you know? so there's still a little bit of that you know rebellious aspect to ghostbusters like i said that was just the, the one scene I, she could have done anything else like she could have slammed something on she the ground she should have hit the trigger she she, she could have done fired yeah well <laughs> she just killed him right there <laughs> that's my point like she could have done anything else and i would have been behind it as an emotional outburst i just think that was too far for what they had built her character to be yeah well, like, I, I mean, she was finding herself as a Ghostbuster, and then that was, you know, threatened to the gunner be taken chair. away. Her, you know? her and the gunner chair was pretty gangster, though. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, it's so know, good. You know, one thing, actually, her and the gunner chair, now that I'm thinking about this, I feel like they played out the... The, you know how whenever something happens in a movie, they have that initial scene where like, oh, you pull it out for the first time, and then like the slow-mo coming in. Like, I feel like they did that shot kind of like five times in a row they when they yeah. were in the gunner scene. I was like, I was like, I'm sure they could have filmed this one little aspect a little different. Once again, this is me being the most nitpicky ever. Yeah. I just feel like that that that's a that's an introduction scene to a weapon, but not after, a continual use. Well, but one of those times, at least, was 
an introduction for Carrie Coon's character, for the mom, after they rescue her. Yeah. And they're driving back. And she sees her daughter pull that lever. No, I like that one. Fly out and fire. And she just says, Phoebe, you're a... And the word catches in her throat. And she can't... She doesn't say Ghostbuster. And Phoebe looks at her and says... I'm a scientist and that's so it's so Egon and it's so like touching. I don't know. And like to, she's really recognizing her daughter seeing that in her. I thought that was so cool. I just, I, I said, there's not much that I can really like complain about with the movie. It feels sacred to an extent because yeah. it was handled so well, because it's about all of these families, because it's about Jason Reitman, you know, taking on his father's legacy in a sense oh, and his own style which is more important yeah he and, took something that was his father's but and i thought made it was it a great his. yeah it was a great merging of his style and yeah, the original exactly it paid homage to the original and sure there's a lot of it's getting a lot of critical backlash should we talk a little bit about that and do uh, the, sure, the critic sure. stuff right now uh ghostbusters afterlife has a it's sitting at 62 percent fresh on rotten tomatoes for the the critical analysis the fan way higher fan the fan yeah fan is at 95 percent. yeah there we go that sounds right yeah so this is another in a long line of like amazing movies that critics have just totally gotten wrong. Well, zero sp- I, I can't remember the last time I trusted a Rotten Tomatoes score. Well, Rotten Tomatoes is a bad metric, I think, for really like analyzing film anyway. Yeah. Um, obviously, good is not always determined by democratic means and by, you know, <laughs> necessarily mass appeal. But uh, in this particular case, there's some things, I think there's some things going on. Um, and I went through, a, I read a bunch of negative reviews. Uh-huh. People that said they hated the movie and really, like, kind of virulent, like, negative. I, I didn't understand it. I it's, also it's didn't really understand difficult. a lot of them. If you saw the trailer, how could you not know what you were getting into? Yeah, and so the number one uh, critique I've seen from all of these, um, it just sort of breaks down into five topics. They say there's too much nostalgia. And too much fan service. So you're trying to please the people that are here to see this movie way too much. We're going to need you to stop that. Yeah. Quit making this a good movie for the people that want it to be. Yeah. Who's going to see Ghostbusters Afterlife that didn't like Ghostbusters? Who hasn't seen Ghostbusters? This is a movie that has really stood the test of time. I'm not I don't think it's in the Criterion collection just yet, but it's definitely like a cultural touchstone for sure and who's going to see ghostbusters that doesn't want nostalgia in it i'm going to see ghostbusters afterlife but i've hated every ghostbusters before this yeah what why would (laughs) the production team try to make that person happy like why would they, they be the target demographic obviously they're not too much fan service i mean a friend of mine put it really succinctly and said like in avengers endgame when Captain America picks up Molnir and fights with it, that's fan service. Yeah. But the difference between a moment like that, which is just incredibly like triumphant, and when fan service doesn't work, is it's nothing more than just how invested you are in the story. Yeah. So if you're not gonna be invested in the story, then the fan service is moot not on for you. you. Yeah. So to complain about that. It just feels like, well, you did it wrong. You, that you'd watched it wrong. 
that's basically what's going on here. This is, uh, if you didn't like Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, I'm going to show you all the reasons that you're wrong. For, Sounds for about right. So. That doesn't sound like Josh at all. Yeah. So, I mean, too much nostalgia. Yes, obviously, there's a lot of nostalgia, but it's a movie from the 80s. And as I said earlier, this is not Ghostbusters 3. This is a memorial service for Harold Ramis and for Egon and for the notion of Ghostbusters 3. Yeah, for this sure. This is put it closing, putting an end on that whole narrative so that something else can come from it and be born from it. Yeah, now they can expand the universe a little bit more. Go go further into things they couldn't because they were restricted to the thought of Ghostbusters. 3. Yeah, and if you just went it and tried, I mean, they made obviously this is the next point. Ghostbusters 2016 answer the call backlash backlash. Oh man, double backlash. Hard. And obviously there was a lot of bullshit that happened in 2016, and it really made me not. I I ruined it for me in a lot of ways. Just the way people fought about it. I saw the movie in the theater. I had fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it also. I, 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 it didn't satisfy my itch for Ghostbusters 3. For sure, but that's not... I don't think, once again, they weren't They weren't building it up to be that. Exactly. They weren't. They were doing a new thing. It's and people they, putting their own expectations on something, even though it's very clear and obvious that's not what it's going to be. Sure. And what Paul Feig did in that movie was take four SNL comedians... And do the same thing. Yeah. They made jokes and they, they tried to make it fun and funny. And obviously it's a slightly different style of humor. This, I think the 2016 movie falls more into the, like the Will Ferrell, like gag reel style yeah. comedy where everybody's making jokes constantly, but nobody actually like responds to them. Yeah. So any of that sort of stepbrothersy, you know, Judd Apatow-esque kind of comedy. Um, and, that's what was, I don't know if it was still necessarily as popular in 2016 when it happened as like when Bridesmaids came out. A couple oh, years for before. sure, for sure. I think there may have been a little bit of a taste shift. I think what they did wrong there, in my opinion, really, is that, you know, when you watch the original two Ghostbusters, it's really like Bill Murray as the comic like he is yeah. the comic and there are other comedians in it but he's the only one really throwing comedy around well, the other know. dudes have this very serious dry sense of comedy that they, was missing in the 2016 they stick to their characters yeah they stick they work within the bounds of their character correct egon makes jokes but they're egon yeah jokes. they're very they're lame dry science yeah, jokes ray exactly. makes jokes too but they're ray jokes exactly. so everybody works inside their own type of character whereas in the new one you got the very first scene where you have the guy from the office like walking around in the house giving the tour. Oh, yeah. And he's making jokes about, oh, it's a secret entrance for Irish people and stuff. There's no reaction from anybody. Like, it's just deadpan. Everybody's everybody's making jokes. The boss, when, like, yeah, when they get everybody. fired. Like, yeah, everybody's... Even the ghost making jokes. <laughs> just about, <laughs> yeah. So that... The, the thing, honestly, the thing that bugged me most about afterlife was that or not afterlife but 2016 was that when they actually went to the mayor and told the mayor like hey there's ghosts they're just like yeah we know <laughs> <laughs> i mean that i feel like takes some of the wind out of the sails yeah of, exactly hey, here's these paranormal investigators but if everybody just already knows ghosts are real or everybody in charge it's not quite the same story but that's what they did so well in this Ghostbusters is they kind of went back to that initial 
character development, for lack of a better term. Like, yeah. you go back to the original Ghostbusters, and you knew exactly who every character... You knew who Egon was. You know who Venkman was. Like, who they yeah. were personally. Well, to the point that the Ghostbusters, like the four Ghostbusters and the character types have almost become... Like a pattern for replication for yep. every movie that comes since yeah. the Ninja Turtles don't really exist without like the four Ghostbusters with Donatello as Egon and uh, you know you can really map it out and say that you know Ray is Leonardo and <laughs> I mean you can map out see which Ghostbusters which there's only two left I have to commit at this point yeah I mean, so obviously, obviously Bill Murray is Michelangelo he's always cracking jokes it has to be yeah. But then that leaves Winston as Raphael. I guess. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. He's, he's the most serious. He's is kind of serious. like yeah. like straight to the point. There you go. Okay, we did it. So there you go. Easy. Um, <laughs> Send us your recommendations. Who do you want us to compare to Ghostbusters? We'll do it. So at one point, Jason Reitman said uh, that this franchise is going to, or this this movie is going to give the franchise back to the fans. And a lot of people, it seems like a lot of movie reviewers, kind of took that personally too as if it meant we're going to give it back to all the sexist racist people that were screaming about Ghostbusters 2016 as if that's all Ghostbusters fans. Yeah. And it's clearly not obviously. You can anybody you look at in the, the Ghostbusters fan community, most people supported the 2016 movie to an extent whether they still feel that way or not. It's, you know, all you can have different opinions and yeah. it was a reboot. So it doesn't really affect anything. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But it seems like this movie was getting a lot of negative reviews. And it, to me, it feels like because these reviewers that really like the 2016 better are comparing that to this and saying like, oh, well, that was better than you know, I, it doesn't it doesn't scan. Well, just like you said, it's like it, it, most of these negative reviews that you're seeing on the movie right now are literally negatively reviewing what everyone there is there to see. Like yeah. they're like, they're like, we are going to shit all over your idea because we wanted it to be this thing when everyone else is here because we wanted that and stuff. Everybody yeah. was like, Oh, they finally showed up when they popped up. And then yeah. like, no, no one was like, I can't believe they brought them back. What is this nostalgia yeah. crap? Well, and oh, I guess actually thing. some people are <laughs> nostalgia or too much fan service stuff like, Oh, the terror dogs. And Oh, and then that was, remember that was the first thing I said when we walked out. I love the fact that they didn't go overboard on the graphics for the terror dog especially when it picks its head up out of like the chips it's or practical whatever. that was a practical it, it looked like effect. it was it was a prop from ghostbusters 2 yeah it looked it like looked it was the great. same prop it looked absolutely that's what, great i loved it i loved it but so much of that that's so in this movie spoilers i'm sure you already know uh this 52 is, minutes into this review yeah. in case you didn't know there are spoilers okay so the, there's a, a couple others now these are these are things that i've been seeing pop up in negative reviews of ghostbusters afterlife um but they're sort of just general to reboots and sequels okay um, well I can, i'm sure i can follow along with a lot of these a ones. lot of times what you see is talk of they oh they just had to make another one this condescension where you're kind of blaming a movie for capitalism. Yeah. Spoiler alert, they're all products made for money. Yeah, they're all, be no one's making movies to not make money from them. When in a review, you say they, as if Hollywood is this like 
There's always the well, obligatory they, though, right? Well, it, but it feels like this just gener dirty, like, corporate money. When that's not what's happening in this movie. Yeah. This is Jason Reitman coming around and writing a Ghostbusters movie against his better judgment and almost against his prior will. Like, this is him do like realizing this is the right thing to do. And this and is him paying service to his own father. And in family friends, Jason Reitman was the first Ghostbusters fan. He was the number one Ghostbusters fan. He was on set for the first movie. He was a fan of the Ghostbusters before any of us. And we're old time original Ghostbusters fans. For sure. But he's the he's has the fan cred. Yeah, he, he was got there. to see it before it was public. His birthday party was in Ghostbusters too. <laughs> oh, really? My dad, yeah, the kid who says, my oh, dad says you're funny. full of crap. That's Jason Reitman. That's funny. I never knew that. Yeah, he is <laughs> the preeminent Ghostbusters fan. He was there at the right time. He was on set. I don't see how you can, and then Ivan Reitman was involved the whole way. And Dan Aykroyd was involved the whole way. If the original creators are making the thing. Yeah. It's not they. It's not this corporate they where yeah. it's just dirty it's them. money. It's them. It's, <laughs> it's the creators, them. the people yeah. who made the other one. So what they say goes, right? Isn't that kind of the way you have to look yeah. at art? To they created extent? it, so why are they wrong? Because Exactly. So it's a family affair, you know, Even and even the fact that Bill Murray has said so many times over the years, it's not that I will never do another Ghostbusters 3. It just has to be really good. Yeah. It has to be a really good script. But there is gonna, there's going to be no Ghostbusters 3. No, not really. It doesn't make sense. But There can't be, actually. But Bill Murray signed on to this because it's a really good script. Yeah, because it's not Ghostbusters 3. That's why he signed on to it, I, I think believe. so, too. Yeah. So it was really touching. And it, you know, is Jason's concept it, to address the hole left by Harold's passing. And that's the only way, you, if you don't address that, anything else you do after that's going to just feel sacrilegious. Yeah. If, if it is true that this is our new religion, pop culture is our religion, then it's, that makes Dan Aykroyd the, the, the prophet of Ghostbusters 3. But it also means that this, this had to be addressed before you can go on and do anything else. Because oh, yeah. you can't just make more Ghostbusters without Harold Ramis. You just can't do it. Well, not only I mean, I think the 2016 kind of proved that the fact that they just popped up totally yeah, different just, universe, no tie over, no correlation. It no wasn't back horrible. It wasn't no, horrible, but it, was it, didn't, movie. it didn't feel the same. No, exactly. Um, another another crit, uh, critical uh, concept that keeps popping up, just the laziness of Hollywood. And there's never any new ideas. And it's always just sequels and reboots. I can feel that pain. But once this. But also, we know that it's bullshit. Because there are tons yes. of new ideas. Well, not only that, like to to expand on that fact, like you take something like we talked about before, Bill and Ted, like they brought that back and that was, that was so spot on to what the original was. You know what I mean? It's obviously a reboot and a sequel, but this is just like, this is not a reboot or a sequel. You know what I mean? This is, this is its own storyline whether you've seen the other ones or not. And that's what separates it from being a traditional sequel or like, a, like you cannot go see the Matrix 3 or the new Matrix coming out having never seen the original Matrix movies and know what's going on. I sure. can guarantee you that and I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. And that works over with just about every other time they do this long boot between a reboot. That's what I think, this is what makes me so mad about all these reviews that we see because I think as a... 
continuation of a saga. It was done really well because it 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 has the ability to stand alone. Which yeah. most of these other films, the, the Bill and Ted's New Bogus Adventure or whatever it was called, yeah. is not stand alone no. without the others. Well, there's a I mean there's a few movies that you that you could say maybe do. Like Creed was one that oh, yeah. picked up from uh-huh. like, you know, the Rocky series. Yeah. And you get Rocky in it and everything, but it's a new story. Yep, yep. Obviously, the Force Force Awakens. We mentioned that. That. <laughs> yeah. But also that you can't really compare. Nothing else has the like behemoth of media attention behind it, as far as like a a, a long awaited sequel. Yeah. That Ghostbusters does. That's my nothing, point. Nothing is this big. Like, it, what's the longest? Because what it was like thirty eight years or something. Well, in there was one. Remember when the new Bad Boys came out? There was yeah, a big, but, but once that again, wasn't that long. But then once again, though, that was also like without the original Bad Boys movie, it doesn't stand alone. Sure, Anyone who yeah. saw this movie without seeing the originals were in the dark about a lot of things. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, like Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049, I think those were like 38 years apart. Yeah. But there wasn't three decades of people clamoring for a new Blade Runner. Yeah, That exactly. kind of came out of nowhere. All of a sudden it was you like, know? hey, guess what? We've got a new Blade Runner for you. Yeah. And great. I'll take yeah. all the new Blade Runners you I want. I want that but- jacket. It was, oh yeah, <laughs> but it's not the same thing as the lead up for Ghostbusters three. Correct, it's just nothing yeah. is. So another thing, these critics, I literally read uh, a, a review that was talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife, and it was opining how all of these sequels just have to get bigger and crazier with every new incarnation. And I was just like, did you watch this movie? Yeah, that's not what this was at all. This was the exact opposite of that. It was a step back. This was incredibly brave to have almost none of the original Ghostbusters in for most of the movie. Very little ghosts. Very few ghosts. And then totally new people and kids. It it really took like, it felt like the, the torch... Everybody kept saying the passing of the torch, but it wasn't a torch. It was a flickering candle when they found it. Yeah. Ghost busting was all but done. And then you see it kind of build steam and build back up into something that can continue. And by the end, it's it's amazing. Like I said, when you see the the, the three guys show up at the end, it's it's yeah. pretty it's pretty uh, triumphant moment. But you know how can, I don't know how you can watch this movie and then complain about sequels being too big and and the bread and circuses escalation of oh it's always got to be more and more when this specifically takes it down almost all the way to stalled out you know i agree man this is what we were talking about the other day off camera and it's like this movie had everything that i am currently missing from most marvel movies it was everything i talked about where i was like i wish marvel would go back to this ability to like i guess we'll bring up shang chi uh for an example because it was like going back to a character with no powers no nothing and building them up to what you now recognize and that's what this movie had a lot of it had a lot of this very relatable home style feel in the very beginning and then towards the end it brings in all of these things that you were hoping it would yeah yeah no it was it was really really well done and but honestly if you're going to talk about like laziness when it comes to sequels and reboots I mean, prequel. At least they didn't make it a prequel. Could you imagine that? <laughs> Here's a bunch of guys working in academia who don't know ghosts are real. There's no prequel really yeah. to do with Ghostbusters. <laughs> but that's really the laziest you can do, I think, is the prequel. There's too many prequels. Uh, you do a sequel long after the fact. 
I said, the way this was handled, I thought was great. Uh, the only other thing that I had as far as critical response was I saw a lot of people sort of lamenting the the fan perspective. Oh, now they always have to put the fans in the movie. Now there's always a guy who's like, you know, the voice of the fans. Uh, I guess they're assuming podcast them. is the voice of the fan, or is Paul pa- Rudd the voice? Pa- Paul Rudd probably more because he's okay. a Ghostbusters fan. Yeah, boy that's true. The whole he knew time. exactly what the trap was. Yeah, he knew what it was, and he knew all about him, and he say called himself a Ghostbusters fan. And yeah, like the Flash TV series, you got uh, what's his name, who becomes Vibe, who's a voice for the fandom, the DC fandom yeah. within the show. And sure, there's some of that. You you do get some of that. You get to hear Ray talking like, oh, you know. But isn't it, that the point of being a fan to something? So you well, get I mean, extra yeah. special things that are mentioned your way? But also, are we going to pretend like Winston wasn't the voice of the audience in the first movie? Yeah. The intro point to the real world with these three si- crazy scientists? Like, he was. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so what's different? Is it really the movies different? And now the movies all have to be meta. It's like no, the fans are, have evolved. You can't like. You, there's always been a fan perspective to an extent, or you know, an audience perspective. But fans are smarter now, and they've seen more, and they and they <laughs> I, expect I, more. Yeah, and they expect more from it. They know more about their stuff. Like we have, we have so much more access now. So I think it's kind of silly to also complain about that as if like there's anything you could do because if it's missing as if we don't have enough to complain about yeah. in real life but it's like if that stuff is missing from the movie you would feel the lack of it yeah as a fan sense. you would feel the lack of it no one's mad at people in the marvel universe for coming up and being like oh my god it's tony stark no one cares about that but in this movie when it happens oh my god you know ghostbusters you are wretched how dare you throw this in yeah i think you do need to have some of that meta commentary sometimes i was honestly surprised how little paul rudd was kind of played down in the movie i expected him to he have could have a been much more. larger role sure i'm like, not saying he wasn't in it but you know what i mean well you I, you kind of th- figure he's gonna be a ghostbuster yeah at some point and he really wasn't he was the lewis tully of the film. yeah he, he was exactly what you expected he would be yeah but no it's it's interesting because this you know the this was not told from the Ghostbusters perspective. It was told from an outside perspective, which, like you said, makes it much more accessible right off the bat. And it reminds me of like, so like I'm a Doctor Who fan as well, and there's fifty five, almost sixty years now of Doctor Who episodes. Uh-huh. So when you're a fan of something like that, and somebody says, "Where do I start?" or "How do how." <laughs> How do you introduce someone to something where there's so much of it like that? There's one episode that I always recommend to people, and it's called Blink. And it has the 10th Doctor, which is David Tennant. Uh, and the whole... He's barely in the episode. Because it it's an outside character who's brought into this situation and starts experiencing the Doctor sort of from the outside and, and learning about him. Um and this was a very similar setup, like the way that, like you said, this could introduce people who haven't maybe haven't seen the first movies, but it really t- it really allows you to tell the story from an outside perspective. So the audience can be right there with you the whole time. Yeah. And then you have things like the memories of the first movie when you see a ghost trap. All, like there's so much in that movie that like when she first pulls apart stir, the pack, it does stir the nostalgia. And yeah, to see the inside like of a proton pack. Yeah, man, what was the weird like? 
where she would like cock it and the little glass clear thing tube? would come out. I don't remember that from the initial one. Uh, you go back and watch when uh, they say, uh, make them hard, and they turn that and they pop uh-huh. out. Okay, okay. It's a dick joke. It was a dick joke. Oh, I'm not surprised by it. I just, it's one of the things I picked up on. It's like, I don't remember that necessarily from yeah, the first movie. It's, it's part of the part of the construction of the proton pack. Venkman says, make them hard. And they turn it and they all pop out. It's the safety's off. It's a, it was a great movie. Do you have any final thoughts on, on Ghostbusters Afterlife? Man, my only final thought would be uh, to go see it and fuck the haters. Because people are going to hate on everything. I thought it was a very good movie. Very classy. Well done. Great storyline. Great actual cinematic buildup. The practicals were amazing. It was a great mix of old and new. Practicals with graphics. Graphics with a good set design. Costumes. Like... I don't know. I just, I, I personally thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm not even like a big ghost head. Like I was pop. I was a fan of the series growing up. I was a fan of the movies. I've always been a fan of the whole series. I watched the movies at least once a year, but like, I wouldn't call myself the ultimate Ghostbusters fan like you. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I said, whether you've seen them all before or you've never seen a single one, you can go see this movie individually and it will make you feel good. Yeah, That's really it is what it does. It makes movie. you feel by the end of the movie, you feel good. It's very cathartic too. Yeah, it's there's a lot there's a lot in there, and 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 you tear up. Um, but it's, it's it even it's made my wife cry. That's hey, and that's and she knows something. nothing about Ghostbusters. Like she's probably seen the first movie twice. Hey, you don't need <laughs> to know. I mean, you you get everything you need to from the movie. Like you said, it's all sort of self encapsulated. I'm excited to see where it may go from here. Yo, that's me too. Sure. Whether we get a series or we get more movies, there's uh, hopefully at least we lot. know it's it's made its money back, so they can at least consider the idea of more. Absolutely. Um, for me, I mean, I remember being a little kid. And I, the the scene in Ghostbusters two when the Titanic shows up with Cheech, oh yeah uh huh you know? and the ghosts that getting off the Titanic first of all I knew as a kid that the the big hole in the side of the ship that's not how it worked the thing <laughs> cracked in half so it didn't look right the damage I knew that was off but the the ghosts as a kid well, I was already a scientist oh yeah <laughs> but the 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 ghosts walking off of it just really freaked me out. For some reason, uh-huh. I remember being a little kid and being in bed and, you know, that feeling when like you got the covers up and you're afraid to look at the door because you think I used to think those ghosts are going to be there staring at me, you know, when I look over. And so I used to keep my toy proton pack right next to my bed. And I remember at one point realizing like, OK, ghosts aren't real, but if ghosts are real then my proton pack must also be real. <laughs> so I have a way to fight them. Good logic. It's kid logic. It's, it's sound. But Ghostbusters taught me at a very early age that there's there's not many problems that you can't solve with either science or sarcasm. And <laughs> I have based my entire personality, to a great extent, off of Peter Venkman. That's true. It's, I, I, it, was, it was what was there. When, you know, my little nut cracked and I sprouted and it's, it's something I've, I've, you know, lived with my whole life. I've wanting to be Venkman, wanting to be the guy who's always the, the coolest and the smartest in the room, but also isn't ever the smartest in the room, Yeah, but it doesn't matter. He's not rich. He's not powerful, but when he steps into a room, he controls that room. 
and he's completely disrespectful of authority and he's unabashedly unashamedly himself and he might be a little creepy sometimes he'll let you know that he's, he's interested a little right creepy away sometimes but He's still a gentleman. Venkman will absolutely be the one to flirt nonstop and not he'll but he takes no for an answer and he leaves. Well, and he knows that, you know, it's better to live to fight another day than it is to try to push it. And he ends up wearing people down that way. You can say that that, that character is maybe problematic in certain certain respects, but also Especially in retrospect. Yeah, maybe, but, but also what is like it flawed from the past. When you know, when Dana was throwing herself at him, he turned her down because he knew that wasn't her. He knew that was that wasn't the right thing to do. Yeah. So he still has a moral compass, even if he's annoyed by the fact that he has to follow his own moral compass. And that's something that I really identify with in my own life. But oh, either way, there you go, folks. Full of nostalgia, full of fun. Yes. If you haven't seen it before, you'll get some new nostalgia. I don't know. Yeah. To tell you. Just go, go see, see the movie. It. Go see it. Love it. If you want to like something. You can. Yeah. Don't it's listen. easy. Just like it. Just try. <laughs> but it's it's really there's a lot there's a lot there to to be found. And I think anybody who's a, a Ghostbusters fan, even you know, a, a tentative or a tertiary Ghostbusters fan, you're gonna love this movie. It's gonna give you what you wanna see. That's right. And on that note, music. Music.